0: www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Hour yeah! It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible
2: The entire Bible every year
0: on Sunday nights at 9. Join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Soapy will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar.
3: The house, thank you for joining us, folks, and I appreciate very much Jacob taking up the uh, slack last week. I wasn't feeling too well. Got into Is that, that? Why you bit were calling a, me a slacker? A slacker? Yes, he's taking up the. No, I got I got that I, this thing that's going around this uh, flu. I hope you didn't get it, folks. It's terrible, but uh, the Lord brought us through, and we uh, get the. What do you call it? The the. Um, My immune system is working, evidently. I overcame it and got back in the saddle here, and back in the saddle, ready to go tonight. Very interesting book of the Bible to talk about tonight. Uh All this last week, we read through the book of the Judges in the Old Testament. We read that book. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, uh, and then Judges.
1: Now, you know, if everything had gone properly, mm-hmm. there should have only been six books in the entire Bible.
3: Really? Uh, okay. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Judges. Joshua. And Joshua. And that's... Oh, yeah, I see. Had
1: everything gone properly, we would not have n- never had to have another part of the Bible.
3: I tell you what... Mm-hmm. If only, huh? If only. Uh, well, but mm, I, I assume that, that that would have been an impossibility. Well, right. Uh, I, I don't mean, know if I can
1: put those assumptions. What do you mean by impossible. if things had gone properly? Well, I mean, they entered
3: into the land. They
1: are supposed to follow God's laws, be yeah. a light to the world, get everybody to say, "Oh yeah, there's only one God. And we're going to do His laws. Everybody's going to be happy." And if if they'd done what they should have done, and if the rest of the world had followed their example. That would have been the end
3: of it. Okay, so that—that is the idea. Well, what was it? My old grandpa used to say. (laughs) say, Bring me another beer. I don't know. No, he used to say, "Yeah, that and if that and if a frog frog had wings, he wouldn't have bumped himself, right? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, something like that." There's so, in other words, this. I. Well, that's a hard thing to kind of go with, but yeah, sure, sure. Uh, things could have gone better. Things could have done better, but I, I think probably this was the the design, the plan of God. This was the reality of what was going to happen. So it's all a part of this big, big, big story of the redemptive, the redemptive plan yeah. of God for all humanity. And, and in so, no way
1: would I castigate that. Yes, but I I understand, but had what. May I suggest, and I and this is all theory, mm-hmm. but what would, from the Christian point of view, what necessitated the Messiah, is that things did not go so
3: well. Well, but that began in the Garden of Eden, not not of ah. course in in uh, in the time of Joshua. But let's let's catch people up. Uh, Jacob is kind of getting ahead here, and we let let's take a good. We've got 90 minutes to talk Not about. 90 minutes. We've, 90 minutes. I think yes, we've indeed. used up four. We've got 90 minutes to talk about the this uh, book called The Judges. Uh, now, what would that be? In and it's day? a remarkable let, – let, let let's catch people up as to what this ah. book is all about. Okay, catch up. Okay. Moses came along, and he ah. takes the people – let's start there. He takes the people of Israel out of Egypt. Okay? That, so that happens about – 1400 1500 years before Christ. He brings them out, they go camp underneath Mount Sinai. God spends 13 months with them nation building. He builds. he reminds them of their 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 uh, covenant relationship with him. They uh, become the people of Israel. They're at the base of Mount Sinai. They're given the 10 commandments. Uh, and then they launched up to Canaan to go back into this this promised land, this land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, 400 years earlier, I guess, a lot of years earlier. Was it 400? Yeah, it had to be at least 400 and then maybe more before that. Even. Are you so, talking
1: about when they were in Egypt?
3: I, I, no, back before that, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Oh. He promised the, this land of Canaan to them. And then they uh, have some adventures, and they ended up going into Egypt for 400 years, 430 years. And then they come out of Egypt, and then they go up, and they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And finally, at the end end of the book of Deuteronomy, uh, Moses dies, but the people of Israel then in the book of Joshua – they go into canaan so they cross the jordan river they have that great battle of jericho uh the battle of Ai. that you know that young man steals those, that gold and then he suffers his consequences and uh the book of joshua uh, 25 years of open warfare against, against these this alliance of seven uh kingdoms in canaan and uh, they go in and 25 years of open warfare a, a, under Joshua's leadership, and then they distribute uh, realot the, the allotments of the land to the twelve tribes of Israel. No, the eleven because Levites don't get an allotment. Uh, and then the people are left then to clear out their own uh, property. Each tribe is responsible now to to finish off the uh, the clearing out of the, of the pagan peoples from from their lands and to uh, settle into the each of one of their allotment of land so now we come into the book of the judges joshua moves from the scene and you have this 300 uh, what 325 year period where the the tribes of israel are there in the promised land and if they will obey God, as God has told them over and over again, if you will obey me and keep my commandments, I will keep you you'll be long in the land, you'll be blessed, and so on, but they didn't do it. they didn't clean out the land the way they were supposed to, and then they kept wandering away from God and they kept going into idolatry and following the gods of the people around them instead of being faithful to to you know obey God obey God's commands. Uh, and to follow the, the leading the calling of God on their lives. Well, so they have this 325 years where, where they're under the leadership of 12 what they call judges. Uh, what happens is they, they, they drift into this cycle where they, uh, they, they follow after God, but then they rebel against God. Then they suffer the consequences of that. They're, they are put upon by enemies from within and with, from without, then they repent of their sin, and God raises up a rescuer. God raises up a hero, Ooh. one of these 12 Ooh, judges. I'm excited. Tell me who. One of these 12 judges. There's 12 of them in oh, a row. Oh, there's 12. And so they're delivered from their their uh, persecutors, and then they come into a period of rest, and then it happens again. They go back through that cycle of uh, rebellion, retribution, repentance, rescue, and rest. They do it uh, all these many times now. So they, oh. they, they repeat that same cycle seven different times in the period of about three and a half, 350 years. And God uses these judges. The, these They're kind of like heroes. They rise up in a given time, in a given moment. Some of them oh. are very dominant. Uh, the first of them, for example, was, the, uh, was a nephew of uh, Caleb. In, in Caleb and Joshua uh the first of the 12 judges some of them have just a very brief story a brief moment when they they six carry out six long stories six short stories yeah six long six short um and they but some of them are very long and very complicated like the the one of, of Samson the, the one of Gideon for example others uh and it just it tells about what could have been, as as Jacob said, if the people had obeyed God, trusted God, followed God faithfully? What's the What's the distinctive
1: factor, though, between Joshua and Judges?
3: It seems like to me, it, the distinct the leadership. Oh, you got it, Soapy. Yeah, Joshua was a Caleb and Joshua, the last of the. Uh, they had seen God. They had trusted God. They had been in battle. You know. Well, they've been there, but they lacked a leader. Yeah, and so, and they so
1: every so often, when uh-huh. they were sinning,
3: uh-huh.
1: they they wanted their own the way. Every man did what was right in his own eyes, mm-hmm. as it says.
3: Mm-hmm. But every so once, when they now, re- let, camp on that state, I mean, just for a moment, emphasize that That is a key statement yes. of the Book of Judges. Yeah. every man did what was right in his own eyes. That's uh-huh. repeated. Two or three times, oh, I suppose, yeah, right? Or several times,
1: at least. And then, but every once in a while, actually, if we take all the time, the time periods at the during the judges, there was more peaceful time than there was war time. But it was always coexistence. Uh huh. So actually, what happened is, is that there is no doubt that every once in a while, when their conduct got to be okay, God would reward them with a new leader. However, if we go down through the judges, we will find. That the word judges in Hebrew is, after the word shofar,
3: you know, you know? Uh-huh, the horn. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. you had
1: team on it,
3: shofar team. Uh-huh. team.
1: So they're judges.
3: So they sound the uh, warning. They sound the shofar. Well, they do more
1: shofar, than that. You see, you're familiar in the Christian scriptures, New Testament, where it's, Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged, right? Uh-huh. Well, and then the next verse says, by what measure you measure, the next guy will measure out his. So, uh, these guys, every one of the judges do something wrong. And if we go down through it, we we can become the judges by taking this final examination, sort of like a graduation from high school, to see if we're fit to be a judge. Okay? Yes. Let's just take a look at the first chapter. What do you say?
3: Okay, the first chapter Is uh, Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Canas, was the one who conquered it. Othniel becomes the first of the 12 judges.
1: Well, he does. But if you go back to chapter 1.
3: Uh-huh. That's where I am in, uh, chapter 1.
1: Yes. And you look at what is the very first thing that feels right to us. But it's not
3: right. Um. Judah leads them in. Let me see here. They go to battle, and they fight. Is this where they cut off the toes they, of this, this well, fellow? Uh it's verse 7. Uh-huh. Well, verse 14 is when Oxal marries Othniel. Yeah,
1: that's a different thing. <laughs>
3: okay, so that's different. Okay, take go ahead. You take
1: seven. it. <coughs> Pardon me.
3: Opening verses. uh, oh. Uh, Adoni Bezek says, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Right. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. And so they took him to Jerusalem. They, they conquer him, and they cut off his toes, right? Ah, so, isn't this a great cowboy movie? It sounds like it, He yeah.
1: conquered 70 kings. He cut off their thumbs and big toes. Mm-hmm. They can't walk as a stable person. <clears throat> Pardon me. And they certainly can't eat because they don't have a thumb. Mm-hmm. They have to eat like with the claws with mm-hmm. an animal. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very offensive. So we want our, our hunk of human flesh, our revenge. So what they do is they cut off his thumbs and toes. And he even says, well, that's justice, right? Yes, he does. He says, you know, I cut off 70, so uh-huh. they brought me back to Jerusalem, and it was just. However, what's wrong with that? Because, and it's meant to make us realize immediately that what's satisfying our sense, our sense of justice, is something's wrong with that. What's wrong with that is that it's forbidden by God to maim. We, we feel that it's the right thing to do, it's us. <clears throat> so immediately you say, that's justice, he got what he had coming. And right away,
3: We've learned something about ourselves. And this is even before the first judge? Yes. Okay. Now, let, let, let me give this background, too. You've told me before that essentially the the 613 there laws. are
1: 613,
3: and why? Uh, from the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, but why? Why 613? 10. Uh-huh. Six. 6 plus 1 is 7, and 3 is 10. There you go, 10 commandments. Okay. There you go. All right. And so they have these – and so if you – the book of Judges, to some degree, is like an exam. Okay, if you can go through it and find out all 613 of the laws are broken, and you can see where they're broken and where they went wrong, then you are beginning to understand God's commands and how God wants us to live. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's an interesting –
1: And how how do you know that what they're doing was wrong? For example, maiming this guy right out of the chute. Uh-huh. we feel satisfied that it feels just to us but, because of
3: what he did to other yeah, people, right? Or something so, like that. But
1: that's not how God said handle it. So right away, we learned something about ourselves. We got a sense of justice that's different than God's. Uh-huh. Ah,
3: and so we need to to we need the scriptures. So we right need God's word.
1: Then, now you've identified. So there's okay, that's radical. chapter one. Well, no, there's something else. What? Take a look over, and you, you actually hit it. Look at verse thirteen, fourteen.
3: Uh-huh, I'm looking at it.
1: uh uh-huh. what's it say?
3: Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Canas, was the one who conquered it. So Aksal became Othniel's, Othniel's wife. I mean, uh...
1: Wait, uh, wait, wait, is that what you're saying?
3: I'm on chapter 1, Judges, yeah.
1: And it doesn't say that he captured it, and Caleb, the father of the daughter, gave... Yeah, Caleb
3: Caleb said, I will give my daughter, Oxaw, in marriage to one who attacks and captures. Is is that God's
1: law, that I can give my daughter for a reward?
3: I guess not.
1: I guess not. You can tell by how I'm saying that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so right away we're identifying another one.
3: So you see what's going on. I see. So everyone, all a step of the way, we see things making mistakes. Okay. And so then, uh, so then uh, uh, Othniel married Caleb, marries Oxaw and then they he becomes the first judge of Israel. Um, evidently, he does. I don't know if he does a good job or not. Um, but Othniel I is the first one. I think it'd be fair one. to say that none of them do a good job. <laughs> Othniel. Uh, well, I thought that there was one woman, one female judge, Deborah. Deborah doesn't she do a pretty good she job? She actually is great. Okay, then why, you said, none of and, them do. Uh,
1: but should be a judge yet.
3: Oh, a judge-up. <laughs> all right, all right, so anyway.
1: By the way, do we have another phone number?
3: Uh, yes, 340-9585. If you'd like to join us, we're talking about the book of the judges in the Hebrew Scriptures. A, do
1: they have to That's dial what we, yes. an area code? 210.
3: 210 ah. is our area code, 340 Ninety-five, eighty-five. if you'd like awesome. to talk about these judges now it's like i said it's a period of about 325 years mm-hmm. uh... the the ups and downs and i tell you it get it it gets very very rocky very difficult very complicated um, as human beings tend to be it looks like uh... but but god is faithful throughout the entire process and he is consistent and faithful and that he takes them through these cycles of of uh being reconciled back to God, being forgiven and cleansed and, and given peace, and then they fall back into sin and they uh and they suffer the consequences of it. God raises up a hero that delivered them and then they they uh, they're restored to some extent, and then they. It, it, it's actually a kind of a long, big, continual spiral downwards. And you'll see as we move from the first of the judges, uh, Caleb and Joshua, the people uh, the, who had seen God work and so on, and then as they move a generations away from those who saw God and, and uh, saw God act and work among them, then they become they fall further and further away from God until at the end of the book of Judges there is this incredible chaos it is the messiest uh this this woman gets murdered and and she's her body is cut up and sent around the all. It's incredibly messy and terrible and so ugly. So if we keep
1: violating God's laws with a small one and we don't get corrected, we'll pick bad leaders, as Abraham Lincoln said. People generally get the leadership they're entitled to. That's
3: exactly right. And
1: so look at, but you know, you said something interesting. Uh-huh. You said that God stuck by His side of the covenant, right? Yes, He did. Well, let's see if we can find a verse where He says that. Why don't we look at chapter
3: 2? It's in there somewhere. Yeah, Right there, right there. <laughs> I know it is.
1: Let's take a look at chapter 2, verse 1. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, if you listen Monday through Friday, folks, we read the entire book of the Judges almost this last week. Wow. So if you're listening Monday through Friday I listen at 930 in the evening, I, I, I do too. I enjoy hearing yes, the uh, scriptures I, every evening. I've always been impressed. Every evening, 9.30 to 10, you get to hear a 15- to 20-minute reading from the Scriptures, the entire Bible every year. And this past week, we we read practically through the entire book of the Judges. So uh, you read about these 12 men. There's Ophniel. And then this the angel of the lord look at this in chapter 2 Jacob Oh which
1: for chapter 2 sure
3: The wow. angel of the lord went up from Gilgal uh, to Bochim and said to the Israelites I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give to for your to your ancestors and I said I would never break my covenant with you for your part you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land instead you were to destroy their altars but You disobeyed my my command. Why did you do this? Now listen to this. So now I declare, I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. And the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites. The people wept loudly, and they called the place Bochim, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. Does it sound here like, that God said, okay, the, the, the covenant is off. No. It, I, his,
1: no, God never breaks his side. Okay. We, we break our side.
3: Okay. They did not drive out the people out of the land. Well, let's, be, and it yeah, let's out take a to look. Be, okay. and see,
1: there's a famous line here.
3: Okay, okay, where? Uh, that uh, You notice that, first of all, as
1: you said in line one, it says, "I, I will never violate my covenant with you verse two.
4: Mm-hmm. Now
1: you must not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. So, he said, "Don't do that." Well, look what happens very shortly. Do they do that? Yes. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Well, so right away, and then of course, uh, so we well, see we're getting all these violations right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but so, but you know, to be able to identify this, see, you feel things are wrong. But if I say, other than your feelings, tell me which law is violated. If you're gonna make a judgment on a case, I gotta know that you know the law. You see? All right, so uh listen, take a look continuing in chapter two. Look at what it says over here in uh uh verse thirteen. Look what okay. that says.
3: Verse 13 says they abandoned the Lord their God of the the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt they went after other gods worshipping the gods of the people around them and they angered the Lord they abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth
1: Aha now do you know in the Christian scriptures and the gospels they talk about Jesus refers to what would you do? Come out here in the wilderness to see a reed shaken in the wind?
3: hmm uh-huh. Talking about John the Baptist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the mm-hmm. answer is yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that what you came out here for? Yeah, I did. I came to see a wee a reed shaken in the wind. This Ashereth. Uh-huh. That's a pole. A tree. A, or if you want to be sardonic and rather uh, defamatory, you refer to it as a reed.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what he's referring to. I see.
1: Uh, so. So what you've got is, it says, and look at verse 14, God's anger blazed at Israel.
3: Israel disobeys the Lord, and God's judgment came upon them. And look what happened.
1: Back back in verse uh, 8, Joshua died. So Joshua dies. The next thing that happens is they've been doing stuff wrong right away. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, Joshua dies. Just a couple of verses later, they switch to another
3: god. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done or his commandments there of course, and so uh they they uh, fall into this first cycle of sin and 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 uh being judged because of their sin and God then raises up a a, a hero, someone to come and deliver them uh the The people are under oppression, they are suffering. And finally, the t- the people return to God and say, hey, "Rescue us! We need you know it got so bad they turn back to the Lord." And God raises up a, a hero in chapter three. Othniel becomes Israel's first judge. So Othniel ra- rises up. God uses him to deliver them from. Um, okay,
1: well, let's go back and let's put this in context persecution. before we get to chapter three. Take a look at two sixteen. This gives us what you might call the theme every time they sin but they get better he gives them a judge. Because- then the Lord
3: raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Uh-huh. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods, uh-huh. a spiritual pro- uh, prostitution. How quickly they turned away from the path of the new of their ancestors and who had walked in obedience to God's commands.
1: Uh-huh. So
3: God keeps
1: raising up judges. He doesn't break his side of the covenant, uh, but we break ours. So, But he's always there. And what happens is he actually gets to the point where he says, okay, I'm going to raise up a judge. Mm-hmm. When they start crying out to God, this oppression is terrible. Help us, help us. God raises a judge.
3: It reminds me of a uh, uh, oh, fairly well-known saying by C.S. Lewis, this great uh uh, apologist, a great Christian writer and leader from the last century mm-hmm. he said God whispers to us in our pleasure but he yells to us in our pain and, and far too often we get ourselves in a difficult situation, we mess up our lives our homes, our families at risk, our children are uh, being at risk and God finally gets our attention he, he yells to us like He said he whispers to us in our pleasure, but sometimes it takes a little pain for God to get our attention, and uh, we cry out to him. And that's what uh, would happen. In verse uh,
1: 320, before we pick it up when we come back, uh, we see one of the worst things that you can do. 320. Oh, we got a few more minutes? No,
3: no, we don't. Uh, uh, What is that 320?
1: 320 says, then Ehud came and said to him, as yes, he was sitting alone in his cool okay. Uh I have a message for you from
3: God. All right. So we, we've got Othniel was the first judge. Ehud is the second. We'll come back and talk about Ehud right after these messages. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist.
2: Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it.
3: Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878.
2: Make time to eat the bread of life. Welcome to today's encouragement from Our Daily Bread. Our reading is titled, The Spirit of Fika and it was written by Patricia Raybon. The coffee house in the town near my house is named Fika. It's a Swedish word meaning to take a break with coffee and a pastry, always with family, co-workers, or friends. I'm not Swedish, yet the spirit of Fika describes one thing I love most about Jesus, his practice of taking a break to eat and relax with others. Scholars say Jesus' meals weren't random— Theologian Mark Glanville calls them the delightful second course of Israel's feasts and celebrations in the Old Testament. At the table, Jesus lived what God had intended Israel to be, a center of joy, celebration, and justice for the whole world. From the feeding of 5,000 to the Last Supper, even to the meal with two believers after his resurrection in Luke 24, the table ministry of Jesus invites us to stop our constant striving and abide in him. Indeed, not until eating with Jesus did the two believers recognize Him as the risen Lord. Verses 30 and 31 says, He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened to the living Christ. Sitting with a friend recently at Fika, enjoying hot chocolate and rolls, we found ourselves also talking of Jesus. He is the bread of life. May we linger at His table and find more of Him. To get Our Daily Bread in print or ebook, visit getodbtoday.org. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries.
0: Remember when there was a radio in every room in the house? Well, those days are back. And thanks to Alexa, you can listen to us anywhere. Find out how you can get AM 630 The Word through Alexa by going to AM630TheWord.com. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Singer Avril Lavigne has just reappeared on the music scene after recovering from a serious
1: case of Lyme disease. It was a painful and life-threatening battle that she used to inspire her new album, Head Above Water. There are moments here in which Levine reaches out to God, declares her desire to overcome obstacles, heals from deep wounds, and finds new love. But this former pop-punk princess still dishes a bit of profanity, indulges in dysfunctional relationships, and gushes about intimacies with a new lover. It's a mixed lyrical bag, to say the least. For a full review of Head Above Water, visit PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Walaszewski for Focus on the Families, Plugged In.
0: Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com.
4: Praise you in the morning. Praise you in the evening. When I'm young and when I'm old laughing. Praise you when I'm grieving. Never sees another soul. If we could see how much you're worth. your mind you're
3: We are here. i was trying to get our little uh, button here to work, but it didn't work. We are back. This is Soapy. You're listening to The Bible Live, the quiz show here on the weekend. Soapy, I
1: apologize.
3: When you fixed your buttons, I'm totally dead.
1: You're you're dead. Yes, when you did your buttons just now, I John's gonna fix it
3: though. All right, John's gonna fix this up for some reason. You you're not hearing anything. Right? I
1: am now. John,
3: that's a little too loud. All right. Well then we are back. We're talking about the judges of Israel. First there was Othniel. He was the nephew, I believe, of uh, of, um, of of, 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 of uh, Caleb. Uh, and he married Caleb mean. Caleb, I don't know. Yes, you do. I've forgotten.
1: What does Joshua
3: mean? Uh, Joshua means Savior. Uh-huh. Ye- Yeshua, right? Uh, is that the idea. Thing, yeah. Caleb. Uh, People, if you look
1: it up online, they'll say Caleb. Caleb. Caleb means dog. What's dog? It, does, it uh, does not mean dog. Chal is all. Lev is heart. He's all heart. All
3: heart. Okay. Great. Courageous. All heart. Yeah. Okay. Then we've got. Uh, like I said, we started off with. Uh, Othniel, and now Ehud in chapters 3 and 4, the Moabites, uh, this, we recognize the Moabites, they descended from Lot, uh, and uh, they, the Ammonites and the Moabites, and they then begin to persecute Israel, and Othniel delivers. That's the, true, but
1: we were gonna visit, remember? Yeah, Ehud. We're going we to were go, talk about three twenty.
3: Okay, we're gonna go back to Ehud. Uh, Ehud is raised up by the Lord to to deliver Israel from yes, the he Moabites. Was, yeah. And so he does it. Yes. He does his job. He kills this uh Moabite king, Eglon, and he's a left handed guy. And uh, he, which Jacob thinks has a significance that he's well, left-handed. I don't, but the Bible says that. Oh, well, uh, okay. <laughs> but because
1: he, he, even Jesus in the Christian scriptures and the Matthew, <clears throat> remember, he says, I put
3: the goats on my left. I put the sheep on my right. Okay, so God's so left hand is judgment. Judgment. And his right hand is Mercy, mercy. Ah. Okay, so and, and, and don't you remember somehow th-
1: Jesus says, "Don't when you're doing my law, God's laws." Uh-huh. He says, "Do not turn to the left nor the right." Why would he say that?
3: I don't know. Yes, what? you do.
1: You tell me. Well, it's because he's saying, "Do God's laws. You don't uh- go to the left. You don't do something that's more harsh than what God said. Uh-huh. And you don't give more mercy than what God said. You go straight down the line." you don't add your sense of justice or mercy to what i've already said is correct
3: very good okay all right i like that i like right. that a lot that's good so mm-hmm. but i don't know how i don't not really quite sure that, that relates to the idea here that ehud is left-handed i mean because he's left-handed in, he's left-handed you know that because it's
1: wanting you to know if it wasn't important i wouldn't make Strong attention to it. We'll see. Well, later. the reason it's
3: made strong attention is because that's the way he's able to get his weapon in. Because if
1: that works for you, I can live with what it works for you. <laughs> okay. But we do know this: that even later on, uh, all the guys that are follow uh, one of the, these other kings, they're all left handed. So that, uh, that's a key that there's going to be something they add to it. The great sin mm-hmm. that Ehud leaves is he does this. He says I have, God has a secret for you. And so this King eglon thinks he's gonna get a secret from God instead he kills him. That's very satisfactory to our sense of justice. But yeah,
3: that's Well not, not necessarily to me it's just a story. You know, just I'm stories. not emotionally engaged in the story that I guess. Okay. But Okay, so God things. has raised him up. Yeah. God has raised Ehud up. To deliver the people of Israel from this Moab, the, the, the oppressors, the Moabites. Okay. And so he goes to this king of the Moabites, and he uses this deception mm-hmm. that God has a message for you. <coughs> and the king says, fine, come and tell me. And he goes close, and he whoops out his left hand. He pulls out his dagger, and he, well, let's and he follow it through. kills him.
1: Let's follow through. Let's suppose you were sitting in the courtroom. Uh, I mean, in the king's courtroom, and a guy comes and says, "I got a message from God for you," and then he kills him. Next time somebody tells you about God, are you going to believe him, or are you going to think this is just mm, the way a way to get to me?
3: Be a little suspicious, I suppose, court, right? So
1: what he did is one of the worst things you can do. Uh huh. Is do evil in the name of God. That's why, actually, of course, we're all familiar with what's going on in the Catholic Church. Uh, to and, and it goes on, it goes on, it's huh? gone on with rabbis, it's gone on with preachers, everybody. Somebody that uses God to do evil is doing one of the greatest sins. Why? Because you're doing evil in the name of God.
3: Is that the idea behind um, the first commandment of the not using, not the first, the second command not using God's name in vain? Uh that, third or fourth, whichever third, it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that the idea behind not using God's name in vain? Part of it, yes.
1: Uh uh-huh. You cannot do evil in God's name. Would you like me to elaborate just for a second? Please. Okay. I'll take that as a please. Uh, okay. So the, and I, I'll try to put it in the proper order, ending, ending at the most dramatic. Okay. Let's suppose that God said, I want you guys to make like a, an altar for me. I want you to do it this way. So I take what's supposed to be used for God in the Bible but I apply it to a different God. So I've taken God's way of being worshipped and applied it to a different God. That's not good. The second way is, I take something that a different God is said to worship that false God with, and I take his method of teaching or worshiping him, but I apply it to the God of the Bible. You see the the kind of I get it, uh-huh. Now the worst one is, you make an idol who has his own laws, and you've totally created your own god, your own idol, and you make up your own laws. That's the worst. And there, you shall not use my name in vain.
3: Okay, so it is yeah. it is part of that sure. idea of doing something yeah. in the name of God. But sure. okay, so uh, so
1: actually, it's interesting. It says you shall not. Uh, uh, It may capture the drama of it. You Mm. shall not carry my name in vain. Mm -hmm. Carry, ah.
3: Okay, so Ehud does this. Uh, Uh, At the same time, though. he's supposed to rescue Israel. Yes, and he does, right? He's
1: choosing. Now listen carefully. This will start making sense. Uh When Jesus says in the Christian scriptures in the New Testament, the Gospels, I should say. I'm searching for the word there. Uh um, He says, don't go to the right or to the left. Don't add to what I said do. Because you're adding your harshness to justice. You're adding your mercy to what I said is mercy. Go goes straight down the line. And so the key is that Ehud is coming, and he's doing it with his left hand, and he's using God's name. So he's going to the left, and that's what the idea of this ancient story is supposed to mean, okay. that he's adding what he thinks is justice on the way to do it. Not God's laws. And this entire story of Judges is supposed to be telling us that we're not obeying God. Okay. And I'm going to say this. <clears throat> are you ready? This is going to be a hard one.
3: <clears throat> I'm ready. Okay. Um, this is
1: why we go wrong in America and other places mm-hmm. because we are not familiar with what's wrong in Judges. And you will not know what's wrong in the book of Judges unless you know God's laws and what he says is right and wrong. That's the point.
3: And we come to these absolutely absurd, terribly, incredibly stupid things that we do thinking we're doing the right thing. Thinking that the killing of an innocent child in the womb, for example, is a solution to anything. How could you, we ever think I that...
1: Be, i got to be careful with this, uh-huh. but I will tell you something. You know the Twin Towers? Yeah. And, you know, they were destroyed.
3: In New York, uh-huh. in okay. What, what year? 2011, yeah. Uh,
1: well, okay.
3: 2001, 2001, 2001, I'm sorry. I mean, 9-11, 2001. The, the, the,
1: the, the, actually, thank you, John. You saved Soapy. Yes, <laughs> um, 2001. What year? What, what anniversary of that is that in the Bible?
3: September 11th, is uh, that what September you mean? September
1: 11th. You, you're coming closer. There's a Hebrew word for it. Actually, we had a very nice little lady that called us last week named Mary, mm-hmm. and she was asking about Shemitah. Shemitah is the Hebrew word for year of release or return. Mm-hmm. Release is probably more accurate. And it is, believe it or not, the seventh time of the seventh Shemitah is when those towers destroyed. When they were first dedicated and built was exactly what you would call the year Jubilee, Yovell, but it's Jubilee, Mm and that's 2001. When were they opened up for business? Exactly, 50 years earlier, and that, 1973, and guess what? That's the year that America declared abortion was legal. Whoa, want to tie that one up? Yeah. That'll give you some goose pimples. Well,
3: all of these, Jacob, it— but I don't know if anyone, anyone is listening across this land. I mean... Uh, I, oh, I, know, I, I know a couple of people are listening. <laughs> a few, uh, but but what I'm saying is that we, we're doing these things, uh, the killing of an innocent child and the mother, that the, should be the safest place in the whole universe is for a child in the womb of its mother, in the protection and provision. And yet we've made that. Uh, it, it just... Blows my mind. And that's just, just, just one. That's probably one of the most egregious of all these terrible things we're doing. But we're doing the same things in our own country and land well, in our time that the people of Israel were doing here. They're breaking God's laws and expecting a different result. It's a really, really,
1: really tough thing. And I just want you to – and I'm, I'm not saying this is justified. but uh-huh, I am uh-huh. saying this. Let's suppose that we have a situation where a woman's pregnant. She doesn't want the baby. And so the court has to wrestle with this, the Supreme Court. And they say, well, we can't make her a slave and make her force her to give the baby. And so they have to make the decision that the baby itself is not an independent, full human being, not a life. That way, if it's not a life, then she does not forced by society in America to become a slave. Yeah,
3: we just build one lie on top of another, another, another. Well,
1: okay, but I want to get to the reasoning of the court so, okay. we, so we can understand how they got there. So they're saying, look, we can't force this woman to have the baby. Now, if that's an independent
3: life, then... Who s- says they can't do that? The court. I know you said the court says we can't force the woman to have the baby. Right. And I'm saying, who says they can't say that?
1: Well, because because slavery is against the law in America. And if I tell this woman, I don't care if you want to kill a baby and you don't want the baby, you're pregnant. By God, you're going to have that baby. But
3: you can tell
1: the woman you can't murder the baby. That's not considered murder because they don't classify it as a human being. Uh, yeah, but that's you just like them that. deciding okay, you that. You don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, But I'm just giving you the rationale I, and the reasoning.
3: I get it. Yeah.
1: So it's important to understand if you're going to have a conversation, even if you're against it, that you understand what the other argument is. So that's what they're saying. Now, I'm going to say this. Uh, It seems like in this day and age there ought to be a way where we didn't have that issue. Now, you know what's going on, what they they call the fourth trimester
3: abortion Mm -hmm, going on. mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's the first time that I'm aware of in America where one person, a living human being, let's say the doctor and mother – can make an independent decision after the baby's born to take another human life because at that point it is independent. It's a human life. I'm not aware that privately, in private administration between a woman and a doctor, they can say, "Well, I realize the baby's born, but we've changed their mind and do what they call they're calling fourth trimester mm-hmm. uh, abortion." Now here. Uh, So even if I agree with you, it just seems like there ought to be a way to prohibit the birth from happening in the first place, i.e. birth control. But here's what I want to say. Would you agree with me? And I hate to get sidetracked on this, but it actually ties into the Book of Judges. Sure, it does. Because, see, I'm talking about the Supreme Court and how they reasoned. And this is called judges. That's why it's called judges. You're a judge. Mm -hmm. So slavery is against the law, right? So we can't have a slave. We can't force a person to do it. At the same time, we don't feel comfortable with it. So, and I would say, so we ought to find a way where the birth doesn't happen or the pregnancy doesn't happen. But would you agree with me as to this part, that at least it took at least two parties, the man and woman, to get her pregnant? Oh, sure, of course. Now, then answer me this part then. If indeed each party played at least the 50% role, I think mm-hmm. we would agree. Why is it that the woman has to take a 100% of the consequences. She has to make the decision to carry the uh, child to birth, maybe be a single mother all of her life, or terminate it and have an abortion. It's 100% on the woman, and yet we agree that each party was the perpetrator that got her pregnant. I want a law that makes the man suffer some type of consequence too. I don't think the men should be an alley cat that allows the woman to get pregnant. because both parties are involved. Well, why is the woman has to take 100 percent? Let's find out who the guy was, and let's do something to him. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I actually, you're not going to believe this. I actually know a guy that he was sentenced uh, by a federal judge, and uh, he has 21 children, not married to any of the mothers. And uh, the judge actually said to him, he said, you know, this guy's an older guy at this time, and he said, and the judge said, you know, you have twenty-one children. You probably don't know their sexes, their names, their dates of birth. Yet you've got twenty-one women out there that had your child, and you have no connection to them. And the judge actually said that, and the judge was right. I think at that point, I, I can't. I gotta tell you, if the woman's all those women gotta go through it, I think I can live with castration.
3: <laughs> You know, with his country. Well, with his, not me, yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I that. get that. Well, well I I, uh, sure, okay, that comes into it and all, and, and I'm agreed. Well, that I, if, I'm trying to find a just. A uh, justice. justice? I agree that, that the man should be, uh, bear part of the responsibility and part of the consequences of that sin.
1: John's holding up a what, sign that says
3: vasectomy. What I do say for sure, though, is that the killing of an innocent human being in the womb is not a solution to yeah. anything All right that so that that should be off the table the, the, the you know you the woman did participate willingly voluntarily yeah. participate and this child there are Thousands and th- millions of pe- couples looking for a child. They want to own. They'd love to have a child, but they can't. There, there's a, a adoption. There's all kinds of. You know, I was one. I was born out of I It passed around. Uh, we don't have to kill. We don't have to kill this innocent child. Well, uh, that's.
1: I, and may I? And I were. I think most people are familiar with the it's kind of the sad circumstances of your personal life. Your personal. Uh, a little bit sad, but no. I'm here. No, okay. <laughs> what well, I was going to say is, your mother. Did not have an abortion. No. Had she had an abortion, you would not be here tonight, so.
3: True. It. Exactly right. So I, I suppose that's part of the reason I feel this way. And I grew up with kids that were raised, you know, homeless, delinquent children in an orphanage, and all. So I know that I mean, that God can do great things and in, in, in people and so on. Uh, but but killing the innocent child, how we ever saw that as a solution. Uh, it, it kind of begs – I mean, it just makes sense of this book of the Judges in the Bible. We, we look at these people of Israel in the book of Judges and we think, man, how terrible they were and how oh, they well, terribly the wicked that, see, they you're were getting and so to on. My,
1: to really to the point I was hoping to make, we're talking about Judges, team, the mm-hmm. Judges. And so if you're fit to be a judge, you have to be able to understand what the laws are and reason things out to a just result. And, that, and exactly. it's so interesting because we're talking about this particular instance of judges, and yet we're sitting here talking about this type of thing, and you got this balance because the court comes back and says, well, you know, we can't, we can't lock up the woman, tie her mm-hmm, down, make her mm-hmm. have the baby. That would be incarceration, making her a slave, shall we say. So we can't do that. So you got one law on one side. you got this other law on the other side. So as a judge... You have to know what's right and wrong. Now, let me give you, may I, the answer? Uh huh, sure. The answer is this tumble, marriage
3: and a family. Exactly. God's ideal is always the answer. Go. God's plan now is now always. The... God's
1: justice?
3: <clears throat> okay, so we've got Othniel, we've got Ehud. Now we come to this guy named Shamgar. Shamgar, not much is told us about Shamgar. Shamgar killed six hundred Philistines, he said, wow. with an ox goad. Wow! Uh, and so we don't know much more about him except for that he delivered them from uh, Philistine domination. Uh, and uh, in Judges chapter three, and then we come to this woman named Deborah, the one female judge of uh, this period of time of the judges. Deborah with uh, along with a fellow named Barak. Um, so we look at that in Judges <laughs> chapter 4. But before we go there, uh, yeah, not that Barack. Okay, I know I hear you. Uh, uh,
1: John John is wiggling his fingers so I got to say. I'm yeah, blame
3: John. Okay, here we go. Let's go let's go to our go. phone line and get a guy Richard, named Richard, I believe.
4: Dying to talk
3: to you. Richard, how are you tonight? Good to hear from you.
4: I'm uh, doing real good, Sophie. Hello, Jacob. Hey, how you uh, doing? something's really been bothering me. Uh, this uh, You were talking about it a few minutes ago,
3: uh-huh.
4: uh, about this uh, fancy word, infanticide. Yes. Uh, I remember reading in the Bible when the child was in front of Christ, and he said, what you do, what you do to harm the child, you do to me. Yeah. And that uh, child, once it's out of the woman's womb and breathing on its own, that's a living child, and this word, infanticide, I can't stand it. What they're doing is murder. There's no other way to look at it.
3: You're exactly right, Richard. And everybody with a clear mind and at least a, a conscience that's been at least not seared and, and, and calloused, everyone would know that's true, <clears throat> that the killing of an innocent child is not a solution. And we should have known that way back in
4: 1973. And That's you want know, to know something else? Yeah, I go feel ahead. I for these men that thought up this bill because they're going straight to hell.
3: I, I don't have much of an answer. I can't imagine that not being the case. To tell them, if justice is justice, I can't imagine a person whose whose heart and spirit has been quickened by the presence of God and a follower of of the God of the Scriptures the Abraham the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the follower of the, of Jesus the Messiah I, I can't imagine anybody who has that sensitivity in their life and heart thinking this is a right good thing there there's a better solution than killing of an innocent child and yet for 50 60 years now we've been doing this uh 50 years at least and we just keep we seem to be just keep getting it wrong and keep making worse and worse decisions. It's just exactly like the book of the Judges. It goes from bad to worse to worse to worse. And that's
1: exactly what happens. That's why it's structured the way it is. Yeah. So that you know that when you begin violating little things, and you're not paying attention, you're not teaching, we end up getting worse and worse and worse. In fact, one of the worst situations in the book of Judges is uh, where a guy, they pick a guy to be a uh, a judge. Uh-huh. He is not qualified to be a judge. Is
3: this Jephthah? It is. Okay.
1: And why don't you tell people a little bit about the story?
3: The story of Jephthah is very unique. He's, in the first place... Um, he was not a eunuch. He was, No, he was, uh, if I remember correctly, I he himself... Unique, he himself was the son of, um, a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. so he comes from a very, uh, and look, we can't blame him for that. That wasn't his fault. He That's wasn't there. He's fault. a child. Uh, it, but it, it, the breakdown of the family and the breakdown of the family unit and, and the, uh, all of this is part of this entire process. And, uh, Jeff that comes along and he's, uh, he's mistreated by his brethren, uh, unjustly. He's ostracized, and then he. But he is gifted. He is a great warrior, and so then they come up and they find they need him because the Ammonites are, are persecuting them. The Ammonites,
1: and so, yeah. The, but here's the catch. Uh-huh. What did he? What made him a great warrior?
3: <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't know. He's I a just,
1: thief. He's a robber.
3: Well, yeah, but he's
1: got great talents because he can kill people and rob. Right. Let's make him king. Let's okay, Make him yeah, judge.
3: Yeah, yeah. And he. And he's evidently he's a leader. Uh, people follow him. Uh So he has uh, men that follow him and so on. And so anyway, they they hire him uh, Uh because of his uh, warrior skills, and he delivers them from the Ammonites. And then he, uh, uh, as part of that, then he makes this rash vow that when he returns from the victory, the first thing that comes out of my house to Uh greet me, I'm going to sacrifice to the Lord. And it turns out to be his daughter, his teenage daughter. Uh
1: Now, what? Let me ask you. What is going on? What laws, just off the of top of your head, would be violated with that?
3: A rash vow. Uh, well, okay. Uh, let's go back. for one. Uh, that's one. Uh, uh, what law? What law? What law? That he has to keep that promise. Uh. Okay. <clears throat> he made a vow
1: to kill the first thing that comes out of his door. Uh huh. What do you think? A sheep was coming out of his door. A Maybe dog. A I cow, imagine a dog. He knows a human's coming out. So he is, and it's his daughter. It's his household. Yeah. Now, okay. So that's a, why is it called a rash vow? Is because wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Even if I did something stupid and rash and say I'll kill the first thing that comes out my door, because God will be pleased. With that. I oh, will no, work, we're say. out of time, Sophie. Yeah, but go ahead. Get- anyway, so the point is, is that you gotta you gotta know if you're a good judge. How would I get out of something that's rash to kill my child? I don't I'm not fit to be a judge and it's what's another law the guys that put him in office they didn't know how to consult with him and get people to teach him the law to say no you know you don't kill your child this is how you get out of that kind of a crazy rash file so both the people put him in office and him so you got all these laws being violated
3: all right well we'll come back and talk okay, about you, these Richard. 12 judges more in uh, particular yes Richard thanks for calling in. We'll talk about Deborah, we'll talk about uh, Jephthah, we'll talk about Gideon, Samson, all of these judges, who will continue our conversation. And with you, 210-340-9585, 340-9585, don't go away. We are back trying to get our, oh, uh, what do you call that? T-t-t-t- I don't know. Is it playing now? Is it? Come on. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I guess we're on the air now.
3: Oh, well, I guess we are, but I'm going to try it anyway because I'm just anxious to know if it soapy. works. You're listening I have to The Bible Live with Soapy oh, right. Dollar. <laughs> I couldn't get that to work earlier. This oh. is The Bible Live with yes, Soapy Dollar. The urgent Message is the phone number. This is our final segment. The phone number is 210-340-9585. Ah. And you could give us a call if you'd like and be a part of the program and talk about the By the way, the book isn't
1: tonight the Oscars? The book, yes. the what? Oscars. Tonight. I don't know. John, yes. is tonight yes. the Oscars? John says yes. Boy, isn't that a shame? Tonight again already? The, well, the that's Oscars? what John says. And okay. I, I never doubt John. But I will say this. Aren't you worried that we're taking too many listeners away from watching the Oscars? Oh,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we are. Yeah. I'm sure that's we're emptying we're the...
1: Oh, John said that's why they don't have a host.
3: (laughs) Oh, I see, I see. Well, okay, let's let's get back to our this 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 theme of the book of the Judges tonight. I I kind of I know to some people it's maddening that we went where we went, that we're getting into this whole idea of abortion and so on. Well, it kind of that's what it's all about. It demonstrates how we
1: are making judgments yeah and we're actually in the book of judges, so we should understand a hot issue of the day on how is it that we make judgments
3: and how we could end up with such an amazingly immoral wrong social policy of which has resulted now in the death of millions of innocent children of this land uh, it, it is it is ah. Uh, it is just so hard. It's just so terrible. You weep for the millions of children and the potential that has been – the human American potential that has been destroyed because of this incredible immorality and this uh, – I, I just – and like like the the uh, caller just said a while ago, this is not going to go unnoticed. God is not going to allow the innocent blood – the blood of the innocents cries out from the dust and from the ground, as God says – uh we will we will pay this land this country will pay for that we we uh, i just don't even understand how we could possibly think that that's a solution and yet uh I, I don't think it matters people just go ahead and keep on voting for democrats and people democratic party today is not the party you grew up with folks if you think this is the party that that uh, for the people and all that you, you you're way 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 behind what, what is happening? And the the, the, the party has changed. And I'm not talking about Republican as opposed to Democrat. I'm just saying that if you just pull a lever because that's just got a D behind it, uh, you become a part of that terrible, terrible, terrible crime. This, don't vote for something just because it has a D or an R. Uh, we have to vote on basis of what God says, God's laws, God's rules, God's moral laws. And if we don't, we become a part of the problem itself. I I don't know. I don't know if anyone's listening at all, ever. I really hate about what I'm going
1: to say, but I'm still going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Here is one of the issues. Uh We always, as we do the book of Judges, Uh we say emotionally, well, this is wrong and this is wrong, but we don't know why. And it's going to sound like I'm chastising folks, Uh but the truth is... And I, I I have a hobby. I visit different places. Mm-hmm. This last week, I actually visited a uh, a Presbyterian place. Mm-hmm. I was shocked by what I heard. And, uh, and quite frankly, I wondered how in the world can they say this and then say, why waste their time going to church? Mm-hmm. But what my point is, is that If you don't know, and I'm going to have to include many Christians in this, and I'm sure there's Jews too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you don't know what is right or wrong according to God, how is it that you're going to make that decision based on your emotions? Exactly. So if I say to somebody, like for example, Samson, everybody loves the story of Samson. Uh, I like the movie with Victor Mature. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was in uh, Italy a couple times, I used to eat at the restaurant where he ate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in his honor,
3: yes. Well, indeed. I
1: don't know about his honor, but it was <laughs> certainly good food. Anyway, uh, but um, what's fascinating to me is, is that there are stories in the book of Samson. We know he's a great, strong guy. And you see, these stories are so skillfully structured. We're teaching this guy has got strength. Well, where is his insight? Where is his morals? He goes after this woman that's not Jewish. Doesn't she doesn't have to be Jewish? But she ought to follow God's laws. Mm-hmm. Her name's Delilah. What mm-hmm. does that mean? I don't know. It means of the night. Okay. Ah, so and he, he gets in his lust. He has a great hard problem controlling his lust. Uh uh-huh. huh. Even tells and he's a judge. But he can't control his lust.
3: America has gone through a long season of this, uh, from the '60s and the wild '60s and the flower children. And all we, uh, a lot of people from the from the baby boomer generation, uh, pastors, leaders, evangelists have fallen. Uh, we've had a long season of of immorality, sexual immorality that has that has kind of fed into other. It's resulted in unwanted pregnancies. Then you have to have abortions, and you have to have this, and you have to have divorces, and this, just a destruction of the family, the fabric of the the nation, uh, based on the idea of lust out of Hollywood. We we take romance and love from Hollywood's description and definition instead of uh, the definition of Scripture of commitment, of loyalty, of faithfulness, of purity.
1: And we, we just Can I ask you a hard question? Go for it. I'm going to put you on the spot.
3: Okay, I don't how mind. Do you,
1: how do you know what purity is? How?
3: I would say from God's Word.
1: Ah. Uh-huh. So, okay, let's say that is God's Word. I'm certainly not going to dispute that. What law is about purity?
3: Uh, that should not uh, commit adultery, for one, I suppose, right? And uh, honor your father and your mother, okay. the the home, the family, now, the I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but, uh-huh. but
1: in all fairness... This this is one of those things that has troubled me, so I sit down and I try to. I actually go have tried to go down through the book of Judges, and I'm going to be very candid with you. I myself, judging myself, mm-hmm. have not been successful in identifying all the laws. Each time I go through it, I get a little bit better, but I have to learn. And so the purpose is that Joshua, the great leader, he died immediately. They start going after a different god. The problem with that is that god has its own laws. This is how I distinguish me personally, mm-hmm. because I hear many people say, "Oh well, there's only one God." That's kind of a semantic trip. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll pardon me for making a joke, but I'm anti mm-hmm. uh, But, <laughs> okay. but uh, yeah, you got the joke. Anyway, but the point is, I, if I use the word "one," we're all going, well, it's one, but what one? I mean, does one just mean it's a superior, superior guy? So you have to kind of look at the laws. Like the God in the laws in the Bible says, if a guy steals a loaf of bread to feed his kids. Well, look, that's pretty sympathetic. But we don't cut off his hand. So I compare the laws of these different gods to determine if indeed it's the same one. If God says, look, a guy stole the bread, he's got to work off the price of the bread. That's fair. But he is feeding his kids maybe you should operate and help him out with charity maybe some something to help him but you don't cut off his hand so when i hear another religion obviously says cut off the hand so when i compare those two laws i know that one god is not the same one god cuz they have different true,
3: laws true exactly
1: so whenever i when i go on through this i try and i've i've given myself the test you might say mm-hmm. and i don't always get it and I, I i do improve. And one of these days, I hope to be at this spot where I can actually go down through it and identify all the laws. Mm-hmm. Then, if somebody presents me with an issue, like we're talking about mm-hmm. tonight,
3: mm-hmm.
1: maybe about abortion, maybe mm-hmm. I can start using God's explanations and God's laws to figure a way out of this. But it's like with Samson. One of the things that we're taught about him, he is physically strong. He can use the jawbone of an ass mm-hmm. to defeat all these bad guys, Right.
3: Can I mention
1: one thing? I would not have it any other way.
3: Every movie you ever see about Samson shows him as this big, muscled-up character. Right, right, right. And yet, clearly from the scriptures, he's a very strong person, but it's supernatural strength. It's not because he's been down at Gold's Gym working out. Uh, So probably he was a little wimpy little guy, a little 165-pound guy soaking wet, because his strength is supernatural. It's not because of his muscles uh and i think we need to be reminded of that because all the movies you know you shows they always pick this actor that's got this physique and he every, got muscles everywhere but that wasn't the secret to to uh, samson's strength it wasn't his muscularity it wasn't his physique it was it was supernatural right so yeah. okay anyway just
1: and we know this that uh that there's no doubt and you see the drama and the tension in that story You've got this guy. that has got the physical prowess. Mm-hmm. He's obviously spiritually strong too. Mm-hmm. He got that story, and so he could have been a great, great leader.
3: That's but the tragedy of it: the um, the the wasted potential that he could have been. What could have and been? So was he fit to be a judge? No.
1: See, you know that now. But w- and God, in His grace, uh-huh. did, used him anyway, right? Well, God will let you as I understand it, will let you go along to a certain point. And then a certain point, his mercy becomes judgment. Mm -hmm. That's actually, as uh, when Mary called last week, that's actually the point of the Shemitah or the year of release. Mm -hmm. Uh, At some point, it's, it's a release, it's kindness, it's mercy. But when you fail to do it, it becomes a judgment against you. So we have this physical illustration of this guy Samson that's really got this he's a great warrior, there's no doubt about that. But yet he hasn't got the ability. And when he goes to his parents and he says to his parents, I really saw this lady and she's really caught my attention. Her name's Delilah. She's of the night, you
3: know. I gotta have her, you know, uh-huh. I just
1: now what should his parents have done? What law's being violated there?
3: Well, he's not respecting them, for one, ah, father and mother. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I assume a little tough love would have been. They should have uh-huh. given guidance and well, raised him I, better. I, I, I don't know, verse but verse
1: and chapter. What verse is about tough love? Is in oh,
3: the I, that's no verse and chapter. I'm uh-huh. just saying that uh-huh. evidently they – but would he have obeyed them even if they had told him? Well,
1: I don't, we don't know. But let's say that he should have been raised right. Let's say he went back and, he's, and his parents would have said, especially his dad – he would have said, look, um, you're a judge. You've got something larger you're doing than just fulfilling your animalistic needs. Mm-hmm. So you've got this great gift from God. But what you better do is you better recognize the role he's put you in. You, If this Delilah really wants to obey the law and God of the Bible, then she can do that. And she can convert, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. and And you get married. If she won't, your role is something different. So you cannot go after this woman. You have not rescued Israel, but you have betrayed Israel.
3: You see? I see. So the- and, and we're not told that he – we're not told if he did that or didn't do that. We, we're not told all the words that the parents said. Obviously, the parents were distressed over Samson. They were distressed that he went after this woman who was not a follower of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They say that very clearly. You know, can't you find a a woman among your own people, the people who love God and follow God? And he says no. Well, he
1: does go back and ask them. uh So they began to go bargain for him. So Mm -hmm. they're not good parents. Okay. And he certainly is not honoring his mother and father. Right. And then at the very end, we have the illustration. If we start thinking physically— He's lost his eyesight. He's mm-hmm. lost his sight. But when he lost his physical eyesight, which is and we've been talking about his physical strength mm-hmm. and, and his lust uh,
3: right. by uh, seeing these women that he thought were pretty right. and wanted he, them. He, what,
1: yeah, and I I, uh, I knew a lawyer did a case against a lawnmower one time, and he made the argument to the jury. Ah, what's going on?
3: It's only a quarter after ten. That can't be right. Come deliver us, John, from this interruption into our... John, what
4: happened?
3: All right. We're not ready to leave the program yet, so we'll have to wait for that. to. Uh, uh, we've got 10 more minutes uh, to talk uh, about. Uh, okay, keep going. Okay. about. What... All right, so you're right. So what
1: was, as like I said, the lawyer may dare him to jury, you know? He walked, he said this guy was staring at this woman, and the lawnmower put his eye out. But God left him one good eye to view good works, you know? don't uh-huh. No more lust. So what was causing him to sin, his lust, came through his eye. His uh-huh. eye was taken from uh-huh. him. So Samson then, now that he can't see, he's able to fulfill part of God's laws. And, of course, we know he brings down the... Uh, himself, and and several people. The
3: temple of this false uh, god. Yes. The temple he's, of the yeah.
1: false god. That's what he's supposed to do. And his eyes was where he drew in the lust. But you know what's interesting? This is one of the very few instances in the Bible where somebody committed suicide. Yeah. Isn't that Actually,
3: Samson uh, brings the house down on... <laughs> Of his <laughs> of his own accord, right? He pushes the pillars, the supporting pillars down in the in the in the temple, uh, falls on himself, and kill, of course, killing those within the temple as well. Uh, so that's that's Samson. We uh, we've jumped around. We started off kind of taking them in in a row. Uh, the twelve the twelve judges are listed in uh, as you go through the book of Judges. Let me see. It. Let me see if I can find. It. My list again. We started through, through those. It was uh, Othniel, then Ehud, then Shamgar. Then we got to Deborah, but we didn't talk about her very much. This is a very, very interesting situation. She defeats uh, Cisera, this general of the Canaanite armies, and she sings a victory song with Barak uh, there in chapter five, uh, chapter four and five of Judges. Then you get to Gideon, this very interesting individual who. Uh, Uh, he brings 40 years of peace to the land. But uh, Gideon, uh, his story is fairly well known. He conquers uh, a huge army of Midianites with only 300 soldiers. Then there's Tola, there's Jair, there's Jephthah. We talked about Jephthah briefly. Uh, This guy who took the unwise, uh, kind of a rash vow to uh, offer up to the Lord. Now, you say that Jephthah did not... It is not made clear in the scriptures that Jeff, whether Jephthah Jeff killed his daughter and offered her up as he well, vowed to do or not. Boy, yeah. I tell you, in the, in the English version that I read in the Bible, it sounds very much like he did, in fact, kill his daughter.
1: Well, let's take a look. It's chapter 11, right?
3: Okay, yeah. Okay,
1: let's take a look at 11. Why don't you? you do you have a Bible with you? I season? sure I do. Well, boy, that's going to work out well.
3: Uh, you think so? Uh. Okay, I'm in chapter 11, oh, okay, that's Jephthah's cool. vow. It says here, uh, when Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, his daughter came out to meet him, playing on a tambourine and dancing for joy. She was his own, one and only child. He had no other sons or daughters. When he saw her, he tore his clothes in anguish. Oh, my daughter, you have completely destroyed me. You brought disaster on me. I have made a vow to the Lord, and I cannot take it back. And she says, "Father, if you have made a vow, you must do what you have promised to do." For now the Lord. Is getting- what's
1: interesting is she's trying to honor her father in an aberrant way.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He should have found a way to not fulfill that murderous vow. Of course, yeah. And the people that put him in—who mm-hmm. was, uh, was it? Wasn't it the uh, yeah, yeah. Ephraim that put him in? Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Should have got helped him. Some. Yeah. they should help. So because there is a even.
3: provision made in yeah. the uh, in Mosaic law to, uh, if a vow is made uh, 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 irresponsibly, or, that there is a way. You do have the through the parents. Actually. actually, that's
1: right. You do things. Uh,
3: there has a way you, of. And I
1: think the verses <laughs> you're looking for are in chapter uh, eleven, and I think they start at about uh, verse thirty-eight.
3: Okay, here it says, "You may go." Jephthah said. Uh, he gives his daughter permission to go up into the hills a few days before evidently she's going to be killed. And he sent her away for two months. She and her friends went into the hills and wept because she would never have children. When she returned home, her father kept the vow he had made, and she died a virgin. So it has become a custom in Israel for young Israelite women to go away for four days each year to lament the fate of Jephthah's daughter." Now, in other words, it seems to intimate here in right. that passage that she was killed, right. but i don 't know you I well,
1: know in the past I, you said no well, there is some historical references to this, and I will grant you that when you read it it says, uh, "And he did to her as he vowed, as she had never known a man, and it became a, as became a custom in israel now what 's interesting is is that um, there is some historical interpretation that he did to his vow um, he first he sent her away for two months uh-huh uh now we know so the only two options are when she came back, he killed her, or when he came back he didn't kill her now he did his vow. Does that mean that he fulfilled his vow by getting killing out of, her killing her or getting out of it Hmm. And so they became there was a tradition that, in honor of this rash vow, that all the daughters would go now, why would the daughters want to create this this ceremony where they'd go out in and reenact what happened to her?
4: uh-huh, I it don't know
1: four days a year
3: Mhm. to lament the fate of Jephthah's daughter, yes. yeah, and so it leaves it there so we're not told. But I, I do remember, I recall in past years, we've talked about this passage, uh-huh. and yep. you've you've said that there's some <laughs> understanding of Scripture that she, that he did not. Uh, evidently, we don't know for sure, right? It seems well, to— Well, the one thing that we know, maybe,
1: just a suggestion, because this is some of the interpretation of the words, uh-huh. Uh either he did kill her or she died a virgin— But she was able to live the rest of her life, but unmarried, and therefore she was never able to have a family. So there's different thoughts in Jewish history on that. Mm -hmm. But that's anyway. Just but you can pick whichever one you. But
3: it's terribly sad that the the truth is that
1: that if I made a stupid vow rather than killing one of my children, I'd say, man, what am I going to do? I got to get out of this. I'd run to all kinds of people and say, there's got to be an escape clause on this one. Mm -hmm. And I'd look for it. You know, you remember W.C. Fields?
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do.
1: Well, when he was laying in. What
3: was his favorite famous saying? uh, My Uh, little chickadee. Yeah, yeah, my little chickadee. So one uh, of his friends says. Mae West, I think, was it, yeah.
1: Well, so one of his friends says they went over to his house when he's laying in bed, getting close to death, and they saw a Bible on his bed. They say this is true. And they said, don't tell me that you're getting religion before you die. And supposedly W.C. Fields said, well, I'm looking for a loophole. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Well, yeah, some people are going to be looking for loopholes. So that's what I'm saying
1: is anybody that in their right mind, you see what we've got are people being appointed judges that are being appointed that are not following God's laws. And so you say, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this because you're supposed to get the idea, what's wrong with this guy? You're supposed to say that. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. supposed to encourage you to find out, well, is there a way out of this? And you go to teachers, people, rabbis or preachers or somebody that knows, and they teach you this is what can be done. You don't murder your child because that would be a big violation, mm-hmm, killing an innocent mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's suppo- all you're supposed to be offended by this stuff, except once that feeling is there, you're supposed to recognize, I don't know the answer but I know there is an answer. But that of
3: being offended is supposed to drive you to, to seek after sure. God and God's justice and his righteousness. And, and, but you're and, not and going to
1: find it on your own. Because no. obviously we don't know.
3: There's going to be a supernatural so I've got,
1: got to either read it and learn it, or I've got <clears> to go to great teachers that can teach me.
3: And God will teach you if you ask him. He will. And you trust him. Well, yes. That's
1: the i found, whole point. I found that so many people tell me they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And boy, I sure get, he must be telling, that Holy Spirit must be telling a whole bunch of people different things. That's what I find.
3: But uh, but don't we find assurances in Scripture that if you seek after the Lord with all your heart, that he will guide you, He will. That he will help you, he will teach you? Uh, we're told in the scripture. And are you that,
1: suggesting it's a mystical thing?
3: <clears throat> no, I'm saying it's a spiritual thing that God okay, will teach so are and you. So you say it's spiritual that you'll just get the answer? Uh, I believe that God. Yeah, I believe that God will teach. Has God ever taught you a lesson?
1: Uh well, several. But uh, but some of them I've chose to absolutely ignore. Uh huh. At your own. <laughs> At my own peril. Peril. So. Yeah. And you know what? We're out of time. Thank, you know, goodness. We are, aren't Thank we? goodness we're out of time. <laughs> we just
3: beginning to put you yeah. on the hot seat uh, there. But I would
1: like to say one last thing. Uh, let's hear it. Uh,
3: always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. I think that is wise counsel. Folks, ask God to lead you. Ask God to give you answers. Ask God to give you clarity. We've got to find a way to begin to obey God individually and as a nation. See you next week.
2: Is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture, and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is PO Box eighteen eight eighty eight.
3: That's Box eighteen eight eighty eight, San Antonio, Texas seven eight two one eight.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at nine thirty on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast.
2: You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every
3: year to America and the world.